If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and it's free. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place very easy. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to another episode of 450 Now, where I give you practical tips and advice to help you stop waiting for your real life to happen and start making it happen now. Public speaking. There's an old saying, most people fear public speaking more than death. Well, I was one of those persons. I was one of those persons where I would rather have death at my door than have to get up on stage or do that book report. In fact, all through my school education, my K through 12, I did everything I could to avoid doing that book report in front of the class. In fact, I became so good at avoiding it that I can only remember maybe, maybe a half a dozen times where I actually, all through my schooling years, had to do a book report. Now it helped that my last name started with a later letter in the alphabet, but there were some teachers that would mix that up and I'd still have to figure out a way to avoid getting up there and doing that book report. And when I did get up there, when I was forced to it, I had no option because I couldn't figure out how to get out of it. It was just a miserable experience and I was horrible at it. Well, now fast forward to today, I love public speaking. In fact, I love it so much that I look for opportunities to get up on stage. You can put me on stage at a moment's notice with any topic, and I will go out there, entertain, and control that crowd. And love it. But again, it wasn't always like that. Like most people, there was a fear there. So I'm going to share my story of how this came about, and then I'm going to give you some tips on how to overcome those fears to kind of get rid of that mindset that you can't do this because in fact you can we all can if i can do this anybody can so my story like i said all through my k through 12 years anything to get out of it i did it and anytime i had to get up there and do a book report it was horrible that fear stayed with me for a long, long time. I've mentioned transactional analysis in a previous podcast. This was my adapted child ego state. All my fears and anxieties were in there. And within that, it kept me from getting up on stage or doing any kind of public speaking, even if it was just a couple of people. Didn't matter what, I just could not get up on stage. For whatever reason, that fear was paralyzing. So now I'm an adult. I have a career, I have a job, and I want to grow in that job. So I go to my supervisor and I said, Chris, because that was his name, Chris, I want to move up in the company. I want to take on more responsibilities and I want to stretch myself to climb up the proverbial ladder. Chris goes, well, Eugene, what does that mean? I go, it means anything, Chris, whatever you need me to do, I will do it. He goes, great. We have a promotion we're rolling out to the entire region. This region's 
forget how many locations in this region. It was either 100 to 150. But we're rolling out this new promotion to the entire region. And I'd like you to help with that. I go, absolutely, Chris. Whatever it is, man, I am on board gung-ho. What I'd like you to do is give a presentation to the region to roll this out. And I pause. I can remember this day very vividly. I pause. I say to myself, give a presentation. And then I said out loud to Chris, uh, give a presentation. He goes, yes. And I'm like, what does that mean? Well, I want you to get up on stage and explain to everybody this new promotion that we're rolling out. Inside, I panicked. The fear that I had going on in my brain at that moment was, it was paralyzing. But I just said to him, I'll do anything. I want, I want to grow my career no matter what it is. I've made this commitment. I just t- told him that, so I can't back out now. So I swallowed that lump in my throat and I said, okay. Well, now I'm in absolute panic. Now I've got to get up in front of not just any crowd, but a crowd of all of my peers and give this presentation. Doesn't even matter what the presentation is, it was just the idea of giving a presentation. So I got the material, I studied it, I read it, I tried to write something, I just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. So I go to my dad. And my dad's given a presentation before, and I said, can you help me out? I, I really don't know what to do here. Now, for a little backstory, my dad was in the military. He was in the Air Force. So he gave me this outline that he learned in the military is when you give a presentation, tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them. Tell them again. And I thought about that, <clears throat> and I looked at my dad, and I said, what does that even mean? I don't get it. And so he explained it a little further. He says, you've got to tell the audience what you're about to tell them, what you're about to say. That's giving them the topic. Then you explain the body of the work, what it is. You tell them what it is. That's where all the content and the context is. And then you tell them what you just told them so they understand it. You tie it all back in. I said, okay, okay. So I kind of got it, kind of didn't get it. was still just nervous as all could be. So I wrote that on a piece of paper. Tell them. Tell them again. Or or tell them. Tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them. Tell them again. All right, remember that. Write that down. Tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them. Tell them again. I wrote those three bullets on a piece of paper. I again tried to write the speech. I just couldn't do it. To this day, actually, I still cannot write speeches. It's just not my style. Some of you may be able to do that. It's just not my style. Uh, So... The day approaches. Now, I practice. And I practice, but, you know, practicing alone is a lot easier than practicing with a group of people. But that practice did help. So I highly encourage you, practice, practice, practice. So I get up there. I was the first presenter. And again, a little backstory. The presenters were all my peer group who, in a lot of cases, haven't also given presentations in front of a, a large crowd, a large crowd. So the regional director uh, got up there, gave a speech, did magnificent in his speech. And he mentioned 
that how these presenters may not have ever presented before. This may be the first time. So he softened it up for us. He took some of the pressure off of us, which was great. And he said, most people fear public speaking more than they fear death. There's that old saying again. And that's true for a lot of us. So the moment comes. It's my turn. In fact, I was the first one up. So I walk up on a stage. It's an auditorium. There's either 100 to 250 people in the audience. I, I, to me, it was a million. In the audience was also an ex-girlfriend. So put that added pressure on the first time ever given a public presentation. So I walk up on stage. I go to the podium. I put my piece of paper on the podium of what I'm going to talk about. And in that on that paper all it said was tell him what you're going to tell him tell him tell him again that was my outline that was my structure i looked at the audience the audience looked at me there was silence i leaned into the microphone and i said well i no longer fear death the crowd erupted the crowd laughed and you know what it was right then I figured it out. Right at that moment, I figured it out. And what did I figure out? I didn't figure out the semantics of putting a speech together, a semantics of actually giving a public speech presentation. What I figured out was that I can do this. Because you know what? That laughter felt good. That one line, that simple line, that deadpan line with perfect timing got the whole crowd to erupt in laughter. So from there, my confidence was extremely high because I knew I could do this and I delivered my presentation. I told them what I was going to tell them. I told them and then I told them again. You know, the topic that I mentioned or that I was talking about is irrelevant at this point in this story. What I realized right then and there in that moment was that I can do this. And when that clicked in my brain, everything changed for me. Because prior to that moment, I didn't think I could do that. My fear kept me from ever even a trying or attempting to get up on a stage and to give a presentation to a bunch of people. I didn't think I could do that. But once I felt that I could, once I knew that I could in that moment, that instant my whole world changed and from that moment on there has never been a time where i could not get myself motivated to not present i can now i had the power i had the motivation i had the confidence and i know from that moment on i know when i get up on stage i can command an audience and that's what it's about now the truth be told I got pretty cocky. In fact, I got so cocky I didn't think I needed to practice. I didn't think I needed to study. I didn't think I needed to prepare. So another time came up where I was put on stage eagerly this time, by the way. Same company, same boss, Chris. So I get up the next time and I did horrible. I mean, horrible because I didn't practice. I didn't prepare. I thought it was so easy last time that this time cakewalk. Why do I need to prepare? I'm that good. Well, you know what? I am that good, but 
I still need to prepare. I still need to practice. Chris actually called me on the carpet. He goes, you didn't prepare, did you? I go, no, I didn't. He goes, it showed. I go, you're right, it did. And from that moment on, I always prepare for a presentation. Even if it's a quick prep, no matter what it is, I always, always prepare. I get my voice ready. I get my mannerisms ready, my mindset ready. I learn the topic. I know the topic. And I go up on stage every single time and I tell them what I'm going to tell them. I tell them. I tell them again. That's been my structure in public presentations ever since that day. Now, over time, I realized I needed more. I needed a, a deeper skill set. So I started studying presentation skills. I started practicing in different mannerisms. And I've come to learn that anyone can control an audience. And I've come to learn a few things to help with your mindset and control, controlling audiences. So let me go over that first. There's an old saying, or there was an old practice. I haven't heard it too much anymore, so I'm kind of glad I don't hear this anymore. So I apologize if I'm bringing this up, and I shouldn't because it's hopefully been pushed away to the dustbins of history, is that when you get up on stage, look at people as if in they're in their underwear. Imagine them in their underwear. Well, what kind of nonsense is that? Why am I going to get up on stage and imagine people in their underwear? Well, here's the core of why people tell you to do that and why that came about. It's so you have some kind of superiority over people. I mean, if they're out there in their underwear and you're not, I'm better than them. I could do this public speaking. I could do this presentation easy. Yeah, I get that. But there's a better way and an easier way to do that, to have the right mindset to put you in a comfort zone where you feel good about being up on stage and that audience watching you. Here is the absolute key. If you're up on stage and you look out at that audience and you're nervous, it's one thing I want you to remember. The people out in that audience would be just as or more, even more nervous than you are if they were up on the stage. See, you're the one that's up there, not them. And they are glad it's not them. Think about that. Think about that command that you have. They would rather be in the audience than up where you are. You took that step. You took that step out onto that stage. So you are a BAMF. Go back to a previous podcast titled BAMF to understand what that means. You've taken that courage and you used it and you went up on the stage. And everybody in that audience would be more nervous to be up on that stage than you are. So you have that control, that power. Never lose sight of that. That should give you confidence to think about that. You're there. They're not. You made that decision. They didn't. They are in the audience. You're on the stage. You're in control. Now, how do you maintain that control? silence. The best way for any presenter to get control of an audience is through silence. Think about this. There's an audience of 250 or more, however many it is. Prior to the presenter coming up on stage, there may be some chatter in the audience. Murmur, murmur, murmur. The presenter walks up on stage and he or she does nothing. They come up on the stage, they get in the center of the stage, 
the entire audience could see them and they just stand there and they do nothing and they say nothing what do you think's going to happen well over a little bit of time the audience is going to notice there's somebody up on stage doing and saying nothing and the next thing you know they're going to be looking at the person like what are they going to do what are they going to say well, i'm curious now they're just standing up there well, what's the purpose of this next thing you know the entire audience is attuned to what you're doing which is absolutely nothing the murmur murmur murmurs and the chatter is going to stop silence is the best way to get attention from an audience another tip the dreaded ums you ever watch a speech and people are like um 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 well here's what ums are ums are nothing more than uncomfortable pauses so you as a speaker if you're giving a presentation and you put a period at the end of the sentence and there's a pause there well you as a speaker are uncomfortable with that pause so you say um you use that um to formulate your next thought because that silence is uncomfortable when in fact that silence is important to the audience because here's what's happening out in the audience you make a statement you put a period at the end of that statement the audience needs to digest it but what you do because your moment of silence is uncomfortable you say um now the audience is diverted away from that statement you just said and now hears um and then you go into your next statement they've gotten and have been given no chance to digest what you just said so use pauses whenever you have a desire or a feeling of um suppress that and think about how that silence is helping the audience get your message and understand your message better they're dissecting it so learn to shut up put a period at the end of the sentence and stop talking pause pauses are the most powerful tool in a speaker's arsenal to com- command an audience's attention silence is a powerful tool to command attention the best way to get attention from an audience is through silence another thing that i hear often is never turn your back to the audience well to this i say nonsense if done right it's an effective tool to get your audience's attention to focus on what you're talking about for example if you're using a powerpoint or any kind of visuals on a screen and you want the audience to focus on what's on focus what's on that screen at that moment in your speech a very powerful tactic is to take your hand point your index finger out swing it around to the screen and turn your back to the screen now your hand by swinging it around the index finger people are watching that and they'll watch that point to the screen and next thing you know they're all looking at the screen your back is to the audience and no one's even focusing on you putting your back to the audience it's a powerful tool to take attention and put it on the screen another thing that i hear is never put your hands in your pockets again nonsense 
If done effectively, it's another powerful tool to get your audience comfortable and command their attention. If I'm given a speech, let's say I want the audience to ponder with me, I'll sometimes do this. I'll take my left hand and I'll put it on my chin as if I'm pondering, and I'll put my right hand in my pocket. I just did this now while I'm saying this. Now the audience is watching me ponder, and guess what the audience is doing? They're pondering with me, and I pause. I let that silence hang in there, so they can absorb it and they can digest what the message is. So there's a lot of things you can do in giving a public presentation that commands an audience's attention, and there are a lot of myths out there that are. Standard 101 myths because people are always looking for an ABC approach, and there is no ABC approach. It's a mindset. Whatever you're doing up on stage should be to actually get that audience attention to the topic and the message that you're putting out there. So you've got to have that confidence. You can do it. We all can do it. Another thing to focus on is your body language. Now I get why people say. Don't put your hands in your pockets. Let's say you're a public presenter and both your hands are your pockets and your shoulders are shrugged a little forward, and you're sitting there talking, and your body language is kind of just not giving any kind of、uh, message to the topic. It's like it's actually a counter to the message because people are like, "Wow, look at him up there, just with his hands in his pockets, his shoulders shrugged over." I have no idea what he's saying. You know, if you think about the three elements of communication, there are body language, tonality, and a spoken word. 55% of our communication that is received from other people comes through body language. Another 33% or so comes through tonality, and a mere 12 to 13% is what you actually say. So people are more focused on how you say it, how it sounds, than actually what you're saying. So your body language has to speak the language. It has to be controlled so people are focusing on what you're saying, what the message is. So your body language is important. So you need to to present. You need to have a presence. You need to be a little bit animated. Hand movements go a long way in emphasizing topics. Your exclamation point on a sentence could be a hand in the air. Body language. Is so important when it comes to commanding an audience's attention and getting them to understand your message. That we've got to put that foremost in our mind while we're up on stage. What is my body doing? If I'm shrugged over, both hands in my pocket, or if my arms are crossed, unless I'm trying to purposefully convey a message of closed body language, you don't want to do that. Watch your body language. Keep it open. Keep it animated, but not too animated. And then tonality. Your voice has to change in its tonality so the message can be understood. So if you need to exclamate something, you raise your voice. If you want to get it more subtle, where people are pondering with you a little bit, lower your voice to make a point, to show the importance, to get them to listen. Tonality is so important in how your message is conveyed to the audience that it's got to be the second most important thing. That you think about body language, tonality, and then the spoken word. The spoken word is the least important thing. I know, crazy, right? 
you know, people are reading those spoken words. That's easy. There's no body language, there's no tonality. There actually is a tone in there, but it's pretty much not a, a tone they can hear. But when you're up on stage, if your body language doesn't convey the message, doesn't help the audience along the story, then they're going to misinterpret or not hear it at all. And if your tonality doesn't convey the emphasis, the tone of the story, they're not going to hear it. The spoken words become just empty words. Done right with the right kind of body language, the right kind of tonality, those spoken words come alive and people understand that message. So think about the last time you gave a presentation or think about why you fear presentations. What are those fears? What are those concerns? And then I want you to just push all that away because you could do this. Anybody can get up on stage. I have taught thousands of people how to get up and do a presentation and succeed at it. Find their voice by just understanding a few basic principles. Public speaking doesn't have to be worse than death. In fact, it should never be worse than death. Death should always be more fearful than public speaking. So use these tools that I've outlined. Understand that those fears come from your adapted child ego state. Understand that all the things that people may have told you about public speaking, these myths of don't put your hands in your pockets, don't turn your back to the screen, imagine people in their underwear, you don't need any of that. What you want to focus on is the audience and their attention. Your job when you get up on stage is to present a message that the audience hears. You don't have to worry about them looking at you in any kind of manner where you should be fearful because you don't think you're going to do a good job that they're going to just say you're horrible at this because they don't want to be where you're at. You are up there, not them. They're in the seats going, ah, I'm glad it's that person and not me. So use that as a motivator to push through. Focus on your body language, your tonality, to deliver your spoken word. Use silence as a way to command and get attention. And remember, ums are just those uncomfortable moments of silence. So learn to shut up, put a period at the end of that sentence, and let that period hang out there a little bit so people can interpret and absorb your message. Again, Public speaking doesn't have to be worse than death. It actually could be a lot of fun. I hope this helps. Hope is a wishy-washy word, so I don't hope it helps. I want it to help. I know it helps if you practice these things, if you start thinking about it. And if you want to learn more, reach out to me at 450now.com and send me a letter. Write me an email, what your thoughts were on this, and let's engage. Thank you for listening to this episode of 450 Now.